Okay, we're back with episode 21 of the Midnight Kennel Podcast. 21 Jump Street. That was a great TV show when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember it? No. Oh, I've heard I of it. I wouldn't think so. That was before um, my time. I believe Johnny Depp got his start on it. Yeah, yeah. I know Johnny Depp. And that, that uh, other uh, girl, actress, um, hmm. something, Holly Robinson. I think that's it. Holly Robinson? I think I got that one. <laughs> um, but I'm a little confused. Why? Um, well, we, we stopped and we got ourselves some... Um, Blake's Hard Cider, and we're drinking their Grand Cherry, which is uh, a blend of carbonated apple wine, tart cherries, a little bit of uh, orange, and uh, I don't know where Blake's Hard Cider Company is. There's nowhere on this can, unless because it's 8.5% alcohol, I can't find it. Hmm. Um, that could be. But anyway. <laughs> it's Blake, good. It's very good. Blake's Hard Cider Company. They're Grand Cherry. Um, very yummy. Uh, we've got a couple of good drinks here. we got uh, a, a, a bottle of Knob Creek, uh, courtesy of my nephew, Ryan Lentz. Um we got some uh, Gentleman Jack. We got some uh, Bird Dog Whiskey. We're having a party, Gina. I was just going to say, because <laughs> we're getting ready for a party. We're going to have a party tonight. And what it is, is I've invited um, everyone that's hunted with me this year um, and contributed to a very successful hunting season here at Midnight Kennel, the best I've ever had. Um, I'm doing some cooking. Uh, you cooked a little bit. You cooked some Hungarian partridge. Yes, I did. Uh, um, we're going to grill and cook uh, a bunch of different uh, ways. We're going to prepare woodcock and uh, pheasants. Um, we're going to do a woodcock pate. Uh, hold on a minute, Gina. Your hat is on the table, and that's bad luck. Get that oh, off of there. Oh, my God. It's going back on my head. Jeez. Anybody that knows me knows I'm very superstitious, and I didn't like that. <laughs> no hats on the table. Um, we're going we're gonna to fire up the charcoal grill. We're going to do some uh, barbecued pheasant breast. We're going to do some uh, uh, woodcock breast in an Italian dressing. <coughs> dressing. We got pate we're making. We're going to uh, saute some woodcock legs and olive oil and garlic. Um I know uh, Michael's putting together a little cheese board um, for the party. Got a lot of uh, good cocktails we could mix up, so it should be a good time. Uh, that being said, today is kind of a sad day. It's a sad day. A sad day. Why? Because it's the last day of the bird season here in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. I did know that. Yep. And we went hunting. We just came out in from the field. Uh, I took you for a little a little jaunt around a pheasant field and we, we saw one uh, one wily cockbird ran out in front of us and snuck down into a hedgerow and we, we got we got Annabelle in there and she pointed but the bird just ran off on us. We never got on the fly, didn't get a shot. But uh, it was your first taste of real hunting. Uh, what would you think of it? Great, good experience. It was a warm day. I had fun walking around with you. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's warm. Well, it was warm for me. <laughs> okay. That's because you got a big, heavy coat on. Yeah. But, um, it, it, it's like 40-something. Yeah. It's a nice great, day. Great to still see some birds the last day of the season. Mm -hmm. um, earlier in the morning, uh, we were out uh, for a quick little hunt with uh, Dave McCarthy and Brad Blanner. We saw a couple of woodcock. Um, so they're still around, but uh, season's over. 
Uh, next time we'll be uh, hunting those will be in January in North Carolina. Um, so it was a great season. I wanted to thank everyone uh, that, you know, all my owners that uh, we used their great dogs to hunt with and all my friends and clients that came out and hunted with us. It was a great season. So this is a little wrap-up party. Uh, we'll probably post some pictures and and, uh, and whatnot on, on Facebook. Um, also, uh, I think it was yesterday, we had an epic hunt. Um, Dr. Peter Millett, the owner of uh, Pennsylvania Grouse Champion, Dunrovin Midnight Ike, um, he's originally from Scranton. Uh, his father is Jim Millett, who owns uh, Champion Sterling Work Jack. Uh, so he came in for the holidays with his family, and uh, Peter, Jim, and um, Peter's son, Jim's grandson, James, uh, came down, and uh, we, we took them on a, a woodcock hunt. And, it, you know, you never know at woodcock if the flight birds are going to be in or whatever, uh, but we got into... Um, a great number of birds um ike and jack were on top of their game pointing birds um and everybody uh, got to uh, take a bird i know uh, peter limited out his son james uh first woodcock he's ever shot he shot two um uh, jim shot a bird uh, i believe over jack um so yeah, it was definitely over Jack. So it was just a great, uh, a great hunt, and great to see those guys, and uh, a great way to finish up the season. So um, that being said, I guess we could get to work here and answer some uh, questions before we do. But <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about. Um, I've, I've been posting some videos. Uh, different videos. Usually, I just post a video. The dogs on point. Bird gets up. Somebody shoots it. Blah blah blah. Bing bing boom. Yeah, um, but I posted. A, I thought it was a beautiful video of uh, one of our dogs that's really um, just blossomed into a uh, a rock star um, this season, and that's Taylor. Um, yeah, Taylor. Her her registered name is Glossalon Parabellum, mm -hmm. and uh, she's been hunted more this season than any other dog in the kennel. Um, it really put. Uh, sorry about that. I'm playing with the the microphone here, and I think I hit the mute button. So I'm gonna keep that in. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm not gonna edit that out. All right. I'm sorry. But anyway, um, I was believe I was talking about Taylor. Yes. And how we've hunted her more than any other dog in the kennel. She's had a great uh, season. So I posted a video of her recently on Facebook and it's a beautiful piece of cover um, you know a lot of people know I hunt in the uh, uh, strip mining area of northeast Pennsylvania the coal region and one of our covers is a very deep um, old abandoned strip and pit that's um, grown up in cover um, so it's a, a deep valley it's it's roughly a mile long it's a beautiful place and uh, we can walk down the center of this stripping uh, pit and the dog could uh, hunt um, you know far ahead up and down the the, the sides of the, the mountain to the end and then you turn around you come back and let them hunt the other side and I posted a video of Taylor doing just that and uh, most people were 
you know, super complimentary and, and impressed with how, how beautiful she was running and handling and, 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 you know, doing her work. And obviously with a broke dog, the, the dog could be several hundred yards away. Very common that the dog's, you know, 200 yards away and the bell stops and we look on the GPS and it's the dog's pointing. And then we just, you know, pick up our pace a little bit and cover the 200 yards in a minute or so and get there and the dog has a bird pin and the bird flushes and we shoot it and everything's great. Um, so that that's the way we do it. Um, some people were posting that uh, they, they didn't like this, that the dog was out of control, out of range, running too big. And uh, it, when I first got into um, bird hunting, really didn't know much about it other than I loved it. Um, my uncle, uh, my uncle Peter, um, you know, the first thing he told me is he said, because uh, that's a very common question. People say, well, what range should I let my dog run? And my uncle Peter told me with a pointing dog, um, that their uh, number one uh, thing that they offer you is to find birds that you wouldn't walk up if you were just walking without a dog. Or find birds that you would not find if you were hunting with a, a Springer Spaniel um, or um, you know a, a non-pointing dog. So a pointing dog to me has always been a dog that should really cover the ground and, and dig up or find birds uh, that aren't on your direct path. They should get those birds too. They should pick them up on their way out, but they should also cover so much ground at such a distance that they're going to find birds that you're not going to, uh, that you wouldn't normally get. And um, if the dog's broke and will hold a bird, that's the way to do it. Now, I get, uh, I get it, you know, some older hunters or, um, inexperienced hunters um i'll get dogs in the train and they specifically will ask you know i want my dog to range at whatever you know 30 yards 40 yards max 20 yards whatever and and we certainly can do that training uh you can um you know teach your dog any range you you want and i'm just saying my personal preference if i'm gonna go hunting and and i'm sure that's gonna change as i get older and can't keep up with a dog but I want the dog to cover ground and, and find those birds. But I definitely see the point of, um, you know, a closer working dog in certain situations for certain people. Uh, the only thing I have a problem with is that someone that maybe wants a closer working dog, not appreciating what the bigger running dog could do and vice versa. You know, I'm not here to say, well, if you have a dog that's, you know, only ranges 20 or 30 yards, that dog's worthless or it's no good. No, not at all. I'm just saying for my personal preference, I, I enjoy a dog that could cover the ground and, and um, you know, hold a bird. Uh, to me, that's the exciting part. So um, I'm going to continue to post some, some great videos. Uh, we took some incredible videos of the millet hunt that we were talked about before and, uh I, I think they're probably going to be about 15, 20 minutes long in total, and uh, you're going to be uh, posting those on our YouTube channel. Yes, I will. And uh, again, our YouTube channel is doing well. We're, we're hoping for more subscribers, so if uh, um, you like the content we're putting out there on our YouTube channel, please, please hit the like and subscribe button and uh, um, enjoy. 
So that being said, I've been rambling on here. I've had a lot of coffee, a lot of caffeine in me, and the alcohol hasn't kicked in. So uh, you can talk a little now, Gina. Okay, I'm going to find us a (laughs) question to answer. Okay. But before we do that, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, It was great. We had a house full of uh, um, family. Um, My mother was down with uh, her her friend Mike, and um, your Aunt Kim's uh, family was there, Uh, her twin brother Doug, and her her mother um, Helen, and um, her sister Chris, and her friend Lynn. Um, Michael, of course, was... uh, was home and uh, Ryan, who we, we've hunted with, Ryan, uh, uh, Kim's nephew, my nephew, he came down. So we, we had a great, uh, great Thanksgiving. Michael did a lot of uh, cooking with the turkey and uh, just all the sides, and it, it was it was awesome. Good. How about you? I had a great day. Did you? Yeah, my mom cooked. Hi, Yogam. <laughs> I know she's listening. <laughs> I helped. Oh, and I did get to carve the turkey this year. Oh wow, that's yeah. an honor. Yeah. That's an honor. I wanted to do that for years. There you go. Yeah, I did it for years, and now I don't <laughs> want to do it. Oh. And I just passed that on to Michael or whoever. So I'm done. My carving days are over. Oh, well, mine are just starting. Beautiful. Yeah. What do you got for me, Gina? First question is from Scott. What? Oh, I'm gonna cut you off. Okay. I, <laughs> Some more big news. It scared me. In the works, and it should be done, the project should be done very shortly, uh, we are going to have a Midnight Kennel calendar. I was just telling my mom about this yeah. today. A 2024 calendar uh, featuring, uh, well, the cover uh, will be one of our champions, and then 12 months of other champions. So it'll be 13 dogs featured, and uh, we're, we're going to have those available. And as soon as they're ready, um, that week's podcast, when, when they're available, we're going to uh, do a giveaway um, that we're going to, the question you picked, Gina, okay. uh, to answer on, on air, will receive a uh, 2024 Midnight Kennel calendar. There's going to be some beautiful pictures of some uh, really, uh, you know, great dogs, champion dogs in that uh, month period you know like if it's um january you're gonna see a dog pointing in the snow if you're if it's in july you're gonna see a beautiful dog on point um in uh, july type cover so um excited about that um so i just wanted to mention that just popped in my head so get back to uh your question i'm sorry well how do we order calendars uh well once we get them we'll, we'll post something on on facebook and uh We'll, we'll figure that out. So haven't haven't gone to that point yet, but I'm excited about it. Me too. Yeah. Cool. Yep. I was just talking about that today. Okay. All right. Back to Scott. Scott Stroop. He says he has a German wired-haired pointer. Um, she does great at locking up on point with a bird in good cover. And he says that means high grass or in a training launcher. But if she can see the bird on the ground moving, she charges after it, bumping it well out of range. What is the best way to curb this behavior? Uh, that's a very, very common uh, situation. Mm. And I get a lot of dogs in uh, for training. Typically in the summer, um, someone will want to get their dog polished up and say, hey, the dog does great, but if it sees the bird, if it sees that pheasant, boom, it's, it's, it's chasing it. 
And um, so what I typically do with a dog like that, and, and you know, it, it's hard for me to answer Scott's situation specifically because I don't know how much experience a dog has or how old it is or how well it, it knows this command or that command. Mm -hmm. um, but the first thing I do, if, if, if I would get his dog in, I would evaluate it and see how far along it is, what it knows, what it doesn't know. And um, I would take a step back and, and you know, reinforce the woe. And, uh, you, you know, like you've seen me do a million times with the dog on the tailgate and throwing birds. Well, mm -hmm. the same thing. You put the dog on the tailgate and, it, and uh, it, it, it's fixed position. You could, you know, throw a bird on the ground and let it watch a bird running on the ground and it can't go anywhere and just reinforce woe. Uh, you want to teach that dog that woe is woe whether it sees a bird, doesn't see a bird, on point, smells bird, whatever, and uh, just take a step back in the training, reinforce your woe command, and put it in situations where it is going to see a bird on the ground, and you're telling it woe, and if, if it breaks, you're going to correct it with the, you know, the e-collar, whatever method you use, I would use the e-collar, and, and get the dog uh, firmed up in that situation. So, um, again, a pretty easy fix. Uh, it just, you just have to know what, what that dog is capable of, but it should not charge in because it sees a bird on the ground. Oh, knock. So Gina, that knock on the door was our good friend, Eldon Neifert. Um, and he brought us a present. He brought us something for our, a tasty uh, treat <laughs> for our party tonight. Um, I gave, I gave Eldon and uh, his uh, mm. girlfriend, Melissa, um, they have a smoker and they're very good at it. And I gave them some Hungarian partridge and some pheasant breasts and they smoked them up and we're gonna enjoy those at the party. And uh, you and I are sampling it right now and I'm gonna tell you, it's excellent. Oh, I think this might be better than my partridge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but we're very grateful and uh, I think it's gonna be really good. Mm. So. Hey, I had a t-shirt idea. A t-shirt idea? Yeah, because you were just talking about whoa. Whoa. Yeah. It should say whoa means whoa. <laughs> whoa means whoa. And a dog on the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing. I, I get. I see a lot of guys. You know, they'll bring a young dog, and the dog goes on point, and they're walking up, and they're like, whoa, whoa, and I, I. I Asked them, oh, wow, your dog's only, whatever, six, seven months old. You've taught it whoa already? No, I haven't. Oh. I haven't started that. And I'm like, well, why are you saying whoa to it? Um, That's confusing. Very confusing. I, I like to give a dog a command that they understand. Yeah. A command they understand. And uh, I don't like to give them a command just to hear myself talk. So mm. um, whoa does mean whoa, but the dog's got to know that. Hmm. So just a little added tidbit there as I'm uh, carving up this uh, smoked Hungarian partridge. We got to be careful not to eat this all before the party. <laughs> yeah. No, I got I have more, so we'll, we'll be in really good shape. What else you got for me, kid? Okay. This next one is from John DiPario. Okay, a paisan. Yeah. He says... Well, probably not everyone knows, but I am and you are yes. uh, Italian. You're um, more Italian than me. I am. I'm 100%. Mm. I know my name doesn't sound it, but um, 
My father's people came from uh, the Tyrol region of northern Italy. Um, and, of course, your Nana, my beloved mother, Grace, her maiden name um, is Motto, M-O-T-T-O. Um, and her people came from Abruzzi. Oh. So, uh, let's hear what my paisan wants to know about dog training. He says, hey, Rob, I see you posting all these informational videos now. And I was just wondering, with younger dogs, six months to, through derby age, how often and how many birds do you put them on during the week? Absolutely a killer question. I'm glad you picked this one, Dean. I really, really like it for a lot of reasons. Um, one of the biggest problems I get with young dogs, uh, get them in for training, is that they've been overworked on birds. Hmm. Um, they've just been on too, too many birds. How do you tell they've had too many? Well, that's where experience comes in. Hmm. You know, it's, it, it, you know I, I can't give you a number all this dog needs. And, and every dog, another question I get is, how often are you going to work my dog? And I can't answer that. It depends on each dog individually. Um, I'll work a dog as often as I think they need to be worked. And that might be one dog getting worked a lot more than another dog. Um, but you you want to you want to you, you keep a dog a pointing dog um, uh, excited and intense, you know, on birds and on point. Um, and the more birds you put them on, the the less um, that's going to be. So you just want to be careful. I I think I answered uh, his question directly to him, and I told him maybe um, again maybe once a week. Uh, once every 10 days and in a workout I typically will work a young dog on one to three birds I mean never I mean most of the time it's one or two uh, you know to take a young dog out that you're breaking and put them on four or five birds and then come back a day or two later and do it again I think is a recipe for disaster so more is less uh, work your dogs on you know fewer birds uh, positive, controlled situations, I think you're going to go a lot further that way. Why does it cause a disaster? Uh, because uh, the dogs just get sloppy hmm. um, and they, they, they lose the, uh, the, the excitement factor of it. Uh, oh. they, they, they're, they're anticipating too many things. Um, you want to keep them off off balance and and just excited about uh you know pointing a bird and and what's going on um i, I really you know your question is is a good question and i really i, I tried to answer it but it, there's really no way for me to to say why you know why too many birds are not good um because I really don't know the answer to it, but I know for a fact that that is the case. In fact, a, a story came up once. I was training with um, an old friend, uh, Dick Straub. He, he passed away uh, here not too long ago. He had some great dogs uh, over the years, and he used to come up and train with me all the time. And I was just starting, and I, I was under the impression that, you know, too many birds for a young dog is not good. I kind of knew that, but I thought that only meant... Uh, liberated birds, you know, training quail or pigeons or whatever. And uh, we were out in a woodcock cover and I was working a young dog 
and it was just loaded with birds in this cover. And uh, he was running his dog too. And after, you know, three or four birds, he put the leash on his dog. And, you know, I kept running my dog and we were up to, you know, seven, eight, 10, 12 birds. And, uh, you know, I, I had asked him, I said, well, why, why are you picking your dog up? Why are you taking him off birds? He, and he said, too many birds. And I said, well, wait a minute. These are, these are wild birds. These are woodcock. These aren't quail. And he, he just said, too many birds is too many birds. And uh, especially for the, the field trial dogs that you wanna, you're competing with, you wanna keep real sharp. And even a hunting dog that you want, you want good positive work with. Um, once you get to the point where the dog's starting to anticipate birds and get sloppy, that you're, you're doing more harm than good. So too many birds are too many birds. Hmm. There's another t-shirt for you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep uh, Jennifer Hollister in, in business here with our t-shirt ideas okay our last question is from Ron Kelly okay Ron says great videos oh, I have you. a question I trained my German short haired pointer the same way and she was trained steady to shot lately she's been anticipating the bird falling and leaving just before the shot if there's a miss or a non-shooting bird gets up, she stops and comes back. Not too big of a deal since I'm not competing with her, but I don't want it to get worse. Right. How would you recommend I get her back to steady two shot? Yeah, well, um, a lot of people, you know, they, they, they'll, they'll, they'll have a training day. They'll go out to work their dog, whatever. And now, now, now they're hunting and, and everything goes out the window. Um, when I'm hunting, I'm always training you always got to be thinking about training and i carry my my uh transmitter you know there's all kind of uh holsters and you know i was out with uh our good friend marty Fessy the other day and he had a holster you know around his neck and the transmitter uh, hang, dangling down i personally I, I don't like that i i have my transmitter in my back pocket where i could just reach with one hand and control the situation and what the dog's doing uh so now he uh was this gentleman's name ron, ron. Mm -hmm. so ron's out there hunting with his dog and the the bird gets up and the dog breaks a little too early you got to reach around there and, and and tap and correct the dog and 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 in the hunting situation get some uh training in mm. um so it, I, I don't think he's doing anything wrong. I think it's just a matter of uh, enforcing what the dog knows in the hunting situation. A couple of times of that, and the dog will go right back to where it was. No, no problem. You just got to maybe pass up a shot or two on a bird, which is tough, you know, when you have limited hunting time. But if you want the dog to really be sharp, that's, that's what you got to do. Yep. So great question. I see it all the time, but uh, you gotta be you gotta be on your toes when you're hunting, just as if you were training. Okay, I guess it's time to wrap it up here. I think so. We yeah. we had a great little talk, answered a couple of really really good questions, and uh, we we got some cooking and preparing to do for our party. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. Um, our next talk. We'll be in the midst of deer season here in Pennsylvania. So uh, the next uh, two weeks, 
uh, we're, we're kind of shut down as far as actually working the dogs. We could do a little check rope on some birds close to the kennel, but um, no hunting, no field trialing, no, no training to speak of. Um, that being said, we do have the open invitational in South Carolina coming up. Um, so we're going to have to get our two dogs. That's uh, Ramapo Mountain Dock, Bob Shabon's Pointer, and Blue Ribbon Harper. Uh, Marty Festa's pointer we'll have to get them ready uh, somehow which we will uh, and then uh, then it be the holiday season which uh, I'm looking forward to we will be able to do some hunting uh, right after Christmas for a few days before you know our big um, annual uh, winter trip to North Carolina um, and I'd like to talk to the about that uh, just briefly we'll, we'll talk further on that closer to it but um, we have our lease that we've had for uh, roughly the last 12-15 years um, it, uh, in North Carolina and we'll be uh, based out of Mills Hodge uh, Sandland Kennel um, his kennels that, that we uh, use there and the lease is uh, roughly 800 acres uh, that we have access to um, it and the exciting thing is it last year it was uh, timbered. Mm -hmm. um, you were down and uh, yes. you and you and your friend Mike were down and we shot some birds and and everything was was cut. Uh, so this year I haven't been back since. You, you know all every everywhere where it was cut you're gonna see uh, grass and young pine trees coming up. So it's gonna be uh, much different. Um, venue than we've had in the last uh, 12 or 15 years it's going to be uh, you know more open cut cover um, which uh, should be really good for the birds and really good for for training so that's exciting if anyone's interested in uh, we still have a couple openings anyone's interested in sending a dog um, you know they can contact me about rates and and what we offer down there but it, it's a great experience for a young dog um, uh, we have a lot of birds supplied by uh, Bill and Casey Lenz of uh, Hunter Run Farm they have great birds we have uh, um, not uh, bad birds not bad birds we, we have a, a, about a dozen uh, pens throughout the 800 acres a lot of roads to uh, uh, you know, drive on with the with the side by side and condition dogs. Um, uh, we have a couple areas where we could shoot a bird over a dog for you know gun dogs that sort of thing. So uh, a lot to offer. Anyone interested, they can contact me. And uh, you know, last year we were down there uh, for roughly five five weeks. We came home the last week of February and started again chasing woodcock. Um, which were phenomenal last spring. So, um, and I think this year we'll have um, a couple of dogs in the Grouse and Woodcock Invitational. So we'll want to get home, um, depending on the weather, towards the end of February and, and start getting ready for that. So a lot going on and uh, hope hope uh, everyone enjoyed this podcast and uh, you and I are going to uh, hopefully enjoy the party tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go get ready. Let's go get ready. Thank you, people.